In those like three years, I traveled all around with her. You know, we went to the Grammys. We went to hear what's there. She was getting everything done. You know, the makeup, the hair, the music videos, MTV, Billboard magazine. So I saw the whole rise. But then also I was there for the fall. So I saw the way the label treated her when her album didn't do well. And then they just dropped her and they literally kicked her out of her place the next day. So, hey everyone, welcome back to Sing Simply, where from tips, tutorials, and interviews like this, we aim to simplify everything related to singing. Now, today I'm super excited to have music mentor Adam McGinnis on the show. Thanks for coming onto the show, Adam. Oh, my pleasure to be here, man. Awesome. So, before we jump in, for those in the Singing Simply community, um, we have yet to kind of hear from you, Adam. Could you tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, where to begin? Um, Whenever someone asks me what I do, I just say, I love the music industry. Um, it's very simple, you know, in the sense where I'm an artist, I'm a writer, I'm a producer, I'm an executive at a, a sync company. I own three companies in music. I'm developing a music app. I'm a music industry entrepreneur. I guess that's the best way you can kind of sum them all up. Amazing, amazing. Um, that's a lot. That's quite the playful. Um, now, I don't, I don't know if you remember me, but quite a few. I remember, back, I remember I, you. I, re I remember you. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, I did an, an artist call with you and I remember uh -huh. it was just really helpful in just clarifying my direction. Um, and I knew I just had to bring you back when I started this podcast. Um, That's awesome, so, man. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to maybe jump in a bit more to your career. So you've cool. got an incredible career, um, just as you mentioned, and you've one of those Thanks. kind of really cool things was you've placed over 100 tracks in TV and film from yeah. Fast and Furious to NB, uh, NBA 2K20. It mm -hmm. seems like you've kind of done everything so how did all of this start for you uh the simple answer is that i was never good at anything so <laughs> well when it came to music like naturally uh, when i started anything like I, you see of my trajectory of the industry but um i started in like sports so i was always athletic and you know black belt in karate at like age 12 wow. and competing and like that i was always heavily invested into athletics and then um, in college, I got to a point where I knew I wasn't going to go professional. It was like, you get to that point in college where it's like, you're either going to go pro or what do you do? Mm. And I remember sitting there and praying and going, like, what am I going to do? And the first thing that popped into my mind was, well, you love music. And I never really sang. I never played instruments. I was already like my junior year of college. My mother is a singer and uh, she's a singer around the house. And like, so I was always around music. I was always around uh, Motown and soul and reggae and, and jazz and classical. So I grew up hearing yeah. music. And I remember in college, like I would, um, you know, sing to people when, you know, you're drunk and you'd sing and so on. Go, oh, you know, that, that wasn't too good. But I'd be like, oh, but I, I like the feeling of emoting like this. You know, I yeah. thought that feeling was was something that I want to to learn more about. And then it was just one of those random things. I, I happened to be a doorman at a nightclub. And at that nightclub, there was, um, it was owned by the Backstreet Boys or one of the members of the Backstreet Boys. So every weekend I would be meeting people who were, you know, Britney Spears and NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and all these people like Aerosmith and Matchbox 20. And there was, it was like this era of pop was going on in that um, when I was in college where like the epicenter of pop music was happening in Orlando, Florida at that time. Crazy. So. Man. Yeah, so my ex-girlfriend or the girlfriend back in college, um, she was an amazing vocalist. 
and she happened to be a dancer at the nightclub. She was a go-go dancer. So she was sitting on top of those, um, those like uh, podiums and she literally danced four hours a night. And um, I remember she was singing in a record store one day, like just walking through, kind of peering through the different records and she was singing, kind of like humming. And her voice was so good that when she hummed, you knew that she was like a legit vocalist. There, there's some people that when they yeah. hum, you're like, you're like, let that thing go like, a little more. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so, so she had one of those voices and it just so happened that there was a guy in the record store who was a very successful music producer. And he, he heard her humming and then was like, hey, you know, I represent some of the biggest producers. Like he had a full production company with Grammy Award winner. They, they worked with Mariah Carey and Usher and Jermaine Dupree. And it was this whole big organization that she did not realize she was falling into when she was humming that day. And anyway, long story short, over six months time of them working with her and her taking trips back and forth to Atlanta, she ended up signing like a $3.6 million record deal with Motown Universal. So yeah, so when that happened, basically I was now the bodyguard. <laughs> you know, it went, from, <laughs> uh, it went from being like the guy uh, in the nightclub to she's like, well, now I, I might have to go on tour. Can you come mm -hmm. with me? And can you come with me to these sessions? Because I don't feel comfortable right now. I don't know these people. And so me not knowing the industry would go there and then I, you know, try to slip in some of my poetry, you know, because I, I went to college for script and film writing. So yeah. I was I was always writing creatively and I'd say, oh, what about this lyric? And I get these like dirty looks from the guys in the studio. Like, you know, he can, he's not a songwriter because I didn't realize the, um, the roles that everyone plays in a session. Right. And, okay. and I didn't know that. And to be honest, like I can see how that looked bad, especially now that I'm a professional. You know, um, but anyway, long story short, that was kind of my introduction to the industry. And so from those like three years, I traveled all around with her. You know, we went to the Grammys. We went to hear what's there. She was getting everything done, you know, the makeup, the hair, the music videos, MTV, Billboard magazine. So I saw the whole rise. But then also I was there for the fall. So I saw the way the label treated her when her album didn't do well. And then they just dropped her and they literally kicked her out of her place the next day it was like it's one of those things that everyone was like champagne toasting and uh we love you we love you love you she has a city release party and, and i'm not joking or exaggerating when i say this the very next day after the cd release party we went to go pick up the cd in the record store we asked for it they said oh it's not it looks like the name's here but it hasn't been shipped so she calls her manager and she's like i'm standing outside of tower records and we're on the Sunset Boulevard. No, forget it. We're sitting on Sunset Boulevard at Tower Records. I got the camera right. Take the picture of her in her first CD. She calls her manager and he's like, yeah, so I got some bad news. I got a call earlier where the label says you're not getting enough uh, reaction. So they're pulling the plug on the project. And she's like, what is that? Crazy. Yeah. And she, he was like, that means they're dropping you. And I'm not kidding. We were gone out of the hotel that day packing up. We were flying back to Atlanta that day. She was packing her bags that day. So um, I saw that roller coaster ride of hers. I realized how the business could really be. And that gave me this aha moment of, you know, there's a way to navigate through this thing. Hmm. Because over the next 10 years, I saw her sign three record deals. No one still knows her name, which is amazing because she's one of the best. She is the best vocalist I've ever worked with in a studio. So for me to work with the best vocalist I've ever been around and see them not actually make it into the industry mm -hmm. kind of showed me the reality of how the business is. And 
because I came from an athletic background, I was always very competitive. And I always said, listen, if I put my mind to anything, I can do it because I don't believe in any of these things of like, you're born for something or that's all stories that the movies love to tell people. So that way someone, (laughs) you know, gets a glimmer of hope. And then, you know, unfortunately creates a narcissistic identity about themselves, like that everything revolves around them and it's all about their journey and their story and whatever nonsense that people are trying to sell nowadays. Right. But the reality is that anything that someone else has done, you can do as long as it's not genetic. Yes. As long as it's not a genetic thing. Like if you're not seven feet tall, well, maybe it might be harder if you get in the basketball or something like that. If you're, if you can't jump over someone's head and dunk, but if someone else can do it, and it's just a business strategy, or if it's just learning how to write words that rhyme, or if it's just learning how to use your unique voice, because when you start to be in the business for a while, you realize that there's some people who only have five note ranges and they just learn mm-hmm. how to use it very, very well. So once you start to, to decipher all of the, um, the constructs that people love to put in movies and go, wait a second, that's actually not true. And you start to challenge these things. I started to navigate. And so I worked as a, um, an intern at a studio. I helped actually build a studio from scratch, like Hammer and Nails built the studio. Um, I've co-owned my own studio. I was a booking manager at a nightclub in LA. I was a manager for artists. So basically what I was doing is I was filling in these roles just because I love music. And then what mm. would happen is during the time of me learning these, these like little bits of these trades, the greatest gift I got from them even though none of them were making me tons of money, like the manager or the booking agent or something like that. It was just really like, I, I love music. Let's try and make something out of this. I learned a value of experience and perspective that 99% of people just don't have. Yeah. So it's kind of like one of those things. If you are the owner of a company and you never fle- swept all of your floors, you don't know every nook and cranny of that place. Your janitor actually knows every square inch of your place. Mm-hmm. that's how I feel about the industry is most people are only seeing things through one perspective. And I just had this ability to be like, Oh no, the reason why you're not getting booked is not because you're not talented. It's because the booking agent has to pay a fee to be play in that show and you can't cover the cost. So it's nothing to do with you not being good and taking it emotionally and narcissistically and all that stuff. It's that he can't cover the bill. And mm-hmm. if you just know that you won't be emotional about it or if someone's like, oh, this producer doesn't want to work with me. And I go, yeah, but what value are you bringing to the producer if you're not paying them? And mm. the person's like, well, they should hear my voice. And I'm like, yeah, that's not how the business works. Yeah, they have to yeah. make money. And, and more importantly, this is how the money is broken down. So because I was able to see it from all these perspectives, it gave me a, a really great vantage point um, to be able to help people because I can go, well, here's why you're stuck or here's why you're stuck. And also for myself, as I started to gain talent and as I started to, because I, I always believe that a person who's really mastered something is someone who, who knows all the mistakes. Like if you know all the mistakes, you're not making any. And you're, mm. if anything, you're, cre- you're creating, whenever something is, evolves, it's through efficiency and through accidents. So mm. if you have already mastered something, you're just making tons of accidents on purpose. So that way you can find things that make things more efficient. And then you find this little golden nugget that you're like, oh, I can hold on to this. And so after a while, you're just stacking these golden nuggets. And that becomes an identity. And that becomes your career. And that becomes the way you sort of able to go. So like to kind of answer your your topic in a a shorter form, though, is I had the, the ability to be so bad that I was able to learn perspectives because I didn't care about being told that I was awesome. 
because of my athletic upbringing, I just wanted to become great and excellent at whatever I did. And I knew it was more important for me to have knowledge than to have a big ego. And unfortunately, I see so many of my friends over the years really put all their game into their ego. And then mm. it would stop them at a certain point. And I was like, yeah, I don't care about the ego. I'm just going to keep on going. I'll keep on learning. And even if you tell me I'm not paying you for the day, if, if I'm learning something from you, that's the, all the value I need. Because I can take that. I can adjust it. I can make it my own. I could sell it later on when I make it better. So for me, knowledge was always the, the value system of the commodity that I wanted. Um, and not, not likes and not hearts and not comments. Like I never cared mm. about that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so that's how I just was able to kind of navigate my career. And now I'm at a place where, you know, my companies are set up. Um, everything's kind of like a turnkey operation now. Yeah. And I can show other people how to do it because the funny thing about the music industry is that most of it, if you're on the outside, is smoke and mirrors. And a lot of it is just, it's exactly what it's called, show business. Yes. They're showing you something in the front and behind you, the business is happening. So when you kind of understand how the game is played and you just focus on making your art really, really good and building a strong network of people that you trust, you can be in this industry for so long. And like, literally, like I have some of my mentors have been in this industry for 40 years. Wow. But then okay. I'm, I'm, I'll meet other people who are like, you know, five years in and they quit or 10 years and they still haven't made a song that is competitive on radio. And you're like, how do you have all the gear in the world? How do you, how are you teaching on YouTube the five coolest tips on EQing? But if I said, play me a song that's competitive with the radio, you don't have one still. And I tend to notice there's this like uh, this blockage that some people get usually because the ego is saying, well, I'm pretty good. Look at all the gear I got. And you're like, yeah, uh, yeah. maybe, maybe. So I say, I attribute uh, the growth of success to that. Also, I went back to school to learn entrepreneurship. And mm. when I was at school, I'll be honest, I got challenged a lot and challenged in a good way because I was now surrounded by people who are, you know, multimillionaires of their businesses. And when I explained to them the music industry, they'd be like, well, you know, that doesn't make any logical sense, right? You know, how it all breaks down. And I, I'd still like slightly naive would go, well, no, no, it's just how the business is. Like, that's how it is. Like, you don't, <laughs> under you don't understand, man, because that's not, this is the business. And they're like, no, no, Adam, listen, like there's satellites out there that can track everything, but you're telling me you have to wait a year before you get paid. That doesn't make sense. You know, like you're telling me they can't pay you weekly. And I'm like, Hmm. Yeah. Why doesn't that work? And you're saying you have to give how much to a label. Hmm. Why, why is that thing? Or like, you're saying you have to give away all of your masses for how long? Like, Adam, that doesn't make sense. And so I started to question the industry more. And I noticed that the more that I got knowledge and the more I questioned people, a lot of people who are executives couldn't answer the questions. And so then I started to sit back and go, oh, is this one of those things that so many people have been doing compliance for so many years that they just kind of fall into line and they don't question the line that they're in. They're just there for the lunch line with their trays out, but no one's saying this doesn't make sense. And so that's when I started going, all right, I'm going to start setting up companies that actually make logical sense because where these people are lining up, it, it, it doesn't make logical sense. If you look at a piece of paper, um, they're only showing you the, the 0.0001% that make it and they're going, be the next Bieber. And you're like, do you know how people have tried to become the next Bieber and it never happened? Yeah. Or try to become the next Adele and it never happened. 
Um, so I started to look at those and go, like, there's something wrong with the machine. How do I fix it? And uh, that's what I'm doing now is I'm in the process of trying to fix it and forming teams of people that are trying to fix it because the music industry is an interesting place where, like, I'll ask you this question. So it's, it's a good way of like summing it up. Um, if we valued things and we paid for things based on their value for our human experience, like how important were they to our experience? If I said to you, I'm going to take away all the candles in your house, scale of one to 10, 10 being the fact that you would care the most, zero being the fact that you would care the least. If I said, I'm taking all your candles away for a month, how much would you care? Probably a one, to be honest. <laughs> cool. Probably a hmm. one. Okay, cool. Same exact experiment, 10 being the most, zero being the, being the least. If I took away music for a month, where would you put that? Mm, definitely a 10. Definitely a 10. Okay, cool. Mm. If I sold a million candles, I'd be a millionaire. If I sold a million streams of my song, I only have $4,000. Right. Interesting. That doesn't make logical sense. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to change. I'm trying to change how people perceive what we do because things should be based off the value that we're actually giving to someone's life experience and not where someone else determines where the life experience is because they make more money like a, you know, a different platform or something like that. Hey everyone, if you're looking for a Christmas gift this year for a friend or family or even yourself, why not give them a singing lesson over Skype or Zoom? So these sessions are really, really fun and a great way to start off the year whilst being COVID safe. Now, to get them started, I'm doing free 20-minute trial lessons at the moment. To reserve your time, all you need to do, DM me on Instagram at singwithivan, so that's singwithivan, or you can just email me at singingsimply with me at gmail.com. So that's singing simply with me at gmail.com. Now, if they're ready to jump into a full session, just head right over to singingsimply.com slash book and reserve a session for them today. I think if I was to summarize, you've talked about how part of your success is really kind of getting to nooks and cracks, really understanding yeah. and getting knowledge right. Because I think that's the same with me as a voice teacher. Initially, I sucked bad. I was just terrible at singing but you have to dive deeper. You have to go to the details where most people don't want to go. Um, and the second thing, right, was just, I think once you can understand that, then you can really kind of find people that associate with you, building that dream team, right? That's absolutely incredible. Yep. Um, yep. I'd, I'd like to really dive a bit deeper into music placement um, because okay. I think that's one of the things that really stuck out um, to me about you, Adam. So you've obviously placed some tracks in some very kind of well-known projects. Could you maybe tell me a bit more about the process behind kind of getting these tracks placed in these projects? Sure. Um, well, first and foremost, when I when we're looking at placement stuff, it's going to be all about a team. I have an mm. amazing team. Um, all, the way I kind of look at something is you kind of want to build the, the scenario of like the Power Rangers, where each person mm. who is on your team, they don't need you, quote unquote, to be amazing. You don't need them to be amazing, but together the synergy creates something that's even bigger than you could have expected. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's kind of how I look at um, what my experience in, in like the TV and film world, because I've been placing songs in TV and film for like 10 years. Uh, my first placement was on a jingle for winter fresh gum. Excuse me. And I got it from a, um, from a contest. There was a Winterfresh Wrigley's Gum Contest 
Um, I submitted a crappy demo that I did in my closet in my bedroom. And I did acoustic guitar, me singing the vocal, wrote the jingle. It landed. It was my first paycheck. And it was the first time my voice was on the radio. And I remember my mother was in New York at the time and she was driving and she was called me. She's like, oh my God, you're on the radio singing the Winter Fresh jingle. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And, you know, that was like when my friends and family were like, oh, Adam's taking this thing seriously. Now, that was years ago. And that was my first taste of going, huh, I made that in my bedroom closet. I didn't have to go into a big studio. I didn't need a manager. I didn't need a label. I didn't need a publisher. I didn't need a publicist. And I just made money on a national product, mm. like a, a very well-known one. And my, my voice on the radio, and I went, huh, that's interesting. So that kind of got the, the seed of me thinking of it at a deeper level of I want to learn TV and film. Um, then from that, some other placements came from just like friends of the family. Me, me finding someone like, oh, you mean your friend is the director of that film? And oh, can yeah. you put me in touch with them maybe? And maybe I'll send them my, my demo and... That kind of stuff happened. And then they heard it and they go, oh, this is a good song. I'll put this in the film or I'll put this in TV show. So then that made me understand the network, like network with people who are in a one-to-one -one ratio. And that's very important. One-to-one -one ratio. Meaning- well, What do you mean by that? One-by-one -one ratio? Like right now, one-to-one. Ah, one-to-one. -one. Okay, okay. Yeah, like I don't have to go through your manager, through your label, through your blah, blah, blah. Every time we add a new step, we're adding a new hand that wants to be fed and we're adding a new person who might cut off the opportunity. Cool. Okay. That makes sense. I, I want, I want just me and you. Right. So I learned that like, okay, one-to-one -one ratio. Like the minute I got in front of someone, it wasn't through an executive who was get paid. It was through their cousin. So it was just someone like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll look you up. So I learned about that one-to-one -one and building a network. Um, and then as I start to develop as a producer, as a writer, as an artist, um, one of my close friends for many years, who was an amazing producer, amazing. Like he's just, a, a, I think he's one of the, the most, you know, beautiful minds I know in the music industry. His name is Mario Marchetti. We've been working, we've known each other for 10 years and I used to hire him when we were doing demos for like $500 a demo. And then Mario over the years won a BMI award. He started working with like Demi Lovato and like Ryan Tedder and really growing with the ranks in the pop world. And so when we came back together years later, I had been playing live shows and I had released the record under Universal's imprint. I had already had my own studio and had been developing artists. So when we came back around years later, we were both at this like epicenter of really knowing music production, how to work with artists. Um, our ears are very attuned and we work really well together because we have a lot of interesting synergies and stuff. So he was already signed to a company called Concord, which is an amazing um, publishing company. And he introduced me to them. I met the VP of the A&R of the team there Turns out me and him used to have some weird synergies from growing up in New York. And it, like I said, a lot of this is just connection based, but it's back to the fact that we had already been fine tuning our swords mm. for, you know, for a while. We've been sharpening them. There wasn't like I came in like a newbie and like, oh, help me out. I was already fine on my own. And so I met other Power Rangers that were fine on their own. And then we connected. And then when we put our energies together, it kind of shot out. Um, mm. so yeah, that's really how the placements happened. Um, I had another, uh, great business partner and friend, uh, Mario, another Mario who was an A&R basically taught me the sync game because he used to work at another company called position music, which is another amazing sync company. And then also my two ladies, and I'll be, this is, this is kind of like, a, a throwing out a thank you to, there's a band called Welshly Arms, 
Uh, Welshly Arms is one of the top sync bands out there. They have a song called Legendary that went platinum. Mm. And I was their brand media manager on their tour. I had met them four years prior and I was filming them at shows because my friend was kind of helping them out at South by Southwest. He knew that I did directed some music videos and he was like, Hey man, can you, uh, do you mind filming my, my band that's coming out here for, to Austin? I said, sure, man, I'd love to, let's go out. So I'd film them, I'd give them the videos. And then when they got their big tour and they were on the 30 seconds tomorrow's like, like worldwide tour, um, they said, Hey, Adam, can you be the brand media manager and film them? And I was like, yeah. So I got a chance to, to be on this tour with these guys, you know, love these guys, beautiful people in general. And on the bus, on the tour bus, because I was in the tour bus with them the whole time. And I'm like, you know, how did you break into the sync game? And how did you take it to that level of now being a platinum act on major tours from starting as a sync band? Like, how did that happen? And they would just give me game. They would drop information. And then I'd question and i you know, think about it and go, okay. And, and then when I kind of got back home, it was just now going to the studio and it's time to like, you know, swing that sword that I had been constantly like sharpening yeah um you know and that's and honestly that's what i said for me it's all about the information it was like mm. as long as i can learn what you know i now have it you can't take it from me mm. and i think that's so much more valuable than what i think some people do is they they might pay it's no 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 offense to colleges but it's kind of like a weird scam where you're paying people to learn something that they've never done yeah. You, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like like a nurse can't teach me how to become a doctor. Yeah. So why would yeah. I pay a nurse $250,000? So it's I got a chance to learn from people who were in it. And then last but not least my my main mentor Adam Zelkine, uh you know, he's made uh, you know 10 million plus from TV and film and I've been working with him now for 10 years um as like in a close personal, you know, I go to his house he comes out here to Costa Rica to visit me, uh, or actually he's coming out to Costa Rica, but he's spoken at my events that I've thrown. Um, but like, yeah, we host these private events and he'll come in and speak to my, my team of people. So honestly, man, it's just been knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. And then the last trigger point is a lot of freaking music. Um, mm. and, and having the ability to, uh, to, you gotta be able to make great music quickly. And, that in itself is only really done by the people who really know their DAW, who really know their voice, who really know how to write lyrics. You know, any professional who signed to a publishing deal can probably write a song within a day. And any producer who signed to a publishing company can produce a song in a day. Hmm. Once you're in that kind of sweet spot, it's all about just doing it over and over and over again and amassing a big enough catalog to where you have assets, kind of like real estate. Yeah. And you're just, you're selling your real estate, um, as much as you possibly can. Amazing. And um, I, I think, first of all, that's just really awesome because I think if I was to kind of summarize what you were talking about just now, like it's, it's yeah. kind of coming back to those very kind of um, really valuable kind of uh, insights. For example, you have to keep kind of sharpening your sword, right? Keep building, getting knowledge, getting really deep into it. And I think one that's actually stuck out for me is you kind of need to question those social constructs. So those things in businesses that we think are the rules, but yeah. in reality, it's just something that some, someone else has said. Um, yes. So that's really, really cool. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying this episode, make sure to subscribe, share with one of your friends and rate this podcast. This would really help grow our community, 
so we can make learning to sing simple for everyone. Now, to kind of wrap up and kind of head into the final part of today, um, for someone who's just kind of beginning their journey in music, what's a small little kind of actionable that you would love to leave them with for today? Yeah, I mean, I would tell you what I would do if I was beginning again. Because like mm. I said, I, I did so many things to learn from all these perspectives. Mm. I was sitting in the chair to learn. I, I, I necessarily at the beginning wasn't um, surrounding myself with mentors in the very beginning. Uh, that came later on as I started to learn. So look, I'll give you for example. So I'm teaching a sync course in January. I'm only teaching one sync course a year because I did it this year and it sold out like really fast. So I'm only teaching one a year because I, the way I construct these sync courses is I know all the things that someone has to know in order to be successful because hmm. not only am I a producer and artist and a writer, but I'm also an A&R in a sync company. So I know exactly what the companies are looking for. So what I've done and what kind of makes this new sync course special is that I've brought in a mentor who is the best at mm. that division. So mm. I have someone who's the best hip hop, um, hip hop artist in sync, and he's teaching on hip hop. I have someone who's one of the best pop artists and producers in sync. He's teaching on pop. I have an award winning music revisor who's coming in and you're pitching your songs directly to and you're getting feedback. I have uh, the VP of position music, which is one of the biggest sync companies there are teaching how they do stuff. So like I have, I think there's like eight mentors in this course each week they teach and they give homework. Because mm. unless you can learn, like I can tell you something, but unless you're applying it, that knowledge is only a portion in your neuro pathways, like laid in there. You got to start to like exercise it for it to be there. So the way it's going to be is like each week has lessons. And at the end, you get to create with other people in the course. You get to collaborate with them. And then you get to pitch your songs at the end to the actual supervisor. So I kind of walk everyone through the experience of what it's like to be professional um, and then also in December, so that's in January, which I'll, January, I'll give you the yeah. link to it so, so, so you can give yeah. it to your, your, um, your team as well. In December, I'm having a 48-hour sync contest. And it's, for tw it's like $2,000 giveaway. And that's just strictly like, listen, bring in your team of writers um, or you can come in solo and you can submit to work with other people. You have 48 hours. The brief is from a major project. It's going to say it's X amount if you land it, but the best song still wins $2,000. Mm. So... Mm. I think doing things that are exercisable is the best way to learn if we're talking about sync. If I can go back, I'd be in all this stuff. Like I'd save my money to the right ones. And here's one thing about sync. Unfortunately, it's kind of like Bitcoin where only the people at the top really know what it's about and everyone else just likes to say the word. Yeah. So yeah. You, you gotta be, you gotta be really careful because there's some people. So for anyone out there, the biggest thing to do is whenever someone tries to sell you anything in this music industry, because this music industry is predicated on other people feeding off other people in it. So if someone says, I'm a producer, say on what? Just because mm -hmm. you see a plaque, ask them what they did. Because sometimes people were just giving someone coffee and they got a platinum plaque and they got assistant engineer credits, but you can't see that in their wall. And so they're taking a picture and you're like, oh, look at the plaques behind them. And you're like, no, that's not, they don't even have those things. That's not yeah, even for yeah. the job they're selling you on, right? So the best thing you can do is go to imdb.com, International oh, right. Movie yes. Database. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Make sure you look up someone's name. If they don't have at least 20 credits, don't pay them a dime because uh -huh. some people will go on there and they'll, they'll, like, they'll make up stuff. 
So you got to watch out. And they'll hold these full courses and people are buying all this crap. And then they send me music and I'm like, um, yeah, that's not good. And they're like, well, I took this course. I spent $2,000. I'm like, yeah, but the music's not good. Like, it's just not good because no one yeah. taught you how to make good music. So um, what I would do is I would find mentors. I'd, and this is a quick, what I'm giving you is like the cheat sheet. Okay. So yes. I would find five people who are great producers that inspire you. I'd find five songwriters who are great songwriters that inspire you. I'd find five executives that you can meet at workshops or through friends and family, or when you get your music good, trust me, there are executives who want to get to know you because every executive needs hit songwriters and hit artists. If they don't have a hit artist on the way up, they'll get fired if they don't sign anyone that's brings the company money. So if you're really great and focus on getting great first, but if you're really great, those five executives will be easy. So people are always like, how do you meet executives? I'm like, listen, if you got great music and you start sending out emails, people are going to write you back. Like it's, yeah. it's going yeah. to happen, but you got to get great. You can't expect it with 60% music and want people to, to talk to you. But what I would do then is I'll take that five producers, take those five songwriters and I intertwine them. So on Monday, I work with this producer and this songwriter. Then on Wednesday, I work with this producer and this songwriter. Then on Saturday, I work with this producer and this songwriter. And the next week, I work with this producer and that songwriter next Monday, blah, blah, blah. And I keep that in constant rotation. And each month, I ask each one, are you cool to do at least one song with me? And they go, cool. All right. That means I'm going to be writing mm -hmm. five highly produced songs for free because we're all going to split the proceeds evenly. Mm -hmm. Then I have five songs a month. By the end of the year, that's 60 songs. That's year one. By year three, that's 180 songs. I guarantee if you're talented and the people you're choosing are talented and you have 180 polished songs, you're going to have some hits in there. You're going to have some things that are going to change your career. You're going to have some things that make you money. You're going to have some things that are going to start growing the leverage that you're going to need to shop for bigger deals. But you got to make it like a business and not like an, like an ego fulfilling attention game. Because that's the game that a lot of people lose themselves in because they're trying to do five song EPs and spending all this money on music videos that aren't even well shot asking people to share them online that nobody wants to share them because they're not that good. And then you see mm. them, they're like still trying to sell them to you two years later. And you're like, no, listen, you should have written 25 songs, picked the top five. And I guarantee that would have had that one special one, but yeah. you just wanted attention. And so you spent money and now you're broke. And now you're saying the industry is hard. That's because you're not treating it like an industry. You're treating it like a place that you go to get attention because of some insecurity you have. And there's, there's a difference. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That was, I mean, there you have it. I mean, I think, I think this is why I loved, I wanted to have you on the show, Adam, because it's just all these kind of things you can do behind the scenes, yeah. kind of not surface level kind of ideas, right? Things that you can actually tangibly go and do. That's really, really cool. Um, now, if, before we, we, we ended for today, Adam, where can our yeah. listeners connect with you online? Uh, okay. So I'm not online as much as I have been because I'm working mm. on so many businesses now. Um, I do post regularly on music industry contact. So if anyone wants to like reach out or connect or even more importantly, we have a, I'm only gonna be saying this for the next year. So just so we're mm -hmm. saying it now. So I have a private club called the billboard 500 club. Yeah. And, and basically what that is, is um, it's an open scouting ground for executives to come in and scout upcoming talent where you don't have to, you don't have to pay them to listen to your song. Like they come in and they listen to music there's contests in there for $1,500, but it's a, it's a new tribe of musicians who are all really, really hyper-focused about being successful. And 
they all collaborate. Like as we're speaking right now, there's probably 20 or 30 collaborations going on and Zoom calls right now for major opportunities for play mm. for songs on for major artists for their projects. No one's really like charging each other. Like it's all like a, a team mm. and it's worldwide. So we have people literally all around the world. I mean, Israel, London, Egypt, Africa, LA, Nashville, New York. And there's Crazy. so much talent in there. I'm telling you, like there's so many people from Berkeley in there now. There's people from American Idol, X Factor. The level of talent in this group and more important, the level of mindset. Like everyone knows how to read contracts now. We have lawyers coming in, teaching people how to read, how to negotiate. We have neuroscientists coming in, helping people with like understanding how their brain is working. This is like, it's like the, the X-Men. It's like the X-Men Academy for musicians. And so the club is called the Billboard 500 Club. If you go on Google and you write Billboard 500 Club application, hmm. it'll pop up. You have to apply. The group, the cool thing about it is that the group has to let you in. So if you're not talented, you're probably not getting in. But if you're talented and you have drive and you're a good person, it's looked over by the group and they vote you in. So it's kind of one of those things that like, oh. if you got what it takes, you're voted in by the group. Like I have nothing to do with how you get in or not. It's the vote, the group votes you in based on your talent and who they feel like you are as a person in the questionnaires. Um, so yeah, that thing's been really cool because it's crazy. Like I've literally told everyone, I've told you like, this is how the, how it works and follow just trust the process, follow it. I have so many people who've hit me up within one year and they're like, dude, I listened to everything you said. I'm now working in the studio with Grammy award winners. Or I'm now pitching my songs to Beyonce. I now have 15 songs signed to licensing catalogs. I now have a manager. I've now signed a publishing deal with Sony ATV. Like I've seen so many people firsthand change their career because they've been now surrounded by other people who aren't bullshitting them, who aren't just mm -hmm. yes manning them and like, oh yeah, your song's really good. It's not like that this club. When you drop your track, you go, hey, here's a new song I'm working on. What do you think before I released it? you'll get 20 comments like, and these aren't kind of, these are like, Hey, you have a snare that's too loud at 0.24 seconds. You might want to tuck it down with a little compression EQ, put a little mm. reverb on it. It might help. It's, it's very detailed. And yeah. it, what's cool about it is that a lot of the people in there are not just collaborators. There's a lot of executives in there. The director of A&R for universal records is in there. The heads of sync companies are in there. VMA award-winning music to radio directors are in there. Grammy award-winning producers are in there. So like, the amount of information that's being shared in this private club, you can't find anywhere else on the internet, nowhere else in the world. And so anyone who's serious, like if you're serious and you're talented, I would say look up the Billboard 500 Club application. And usually you hear back within a week if you get in. If you mm. don't get in, you don't hear anything. It's like, it's like <laughs> thanks for coming out. There's, there's no like, thanks for coming out thing. It's like, if you're good and you're serious and you really want to go all in on your career and you want other mm. people who are doing the same thing, and maybe not the friends around you who are, you know, partying too much, not really getting their jobs done and saying they want to be successful, but not really showing up to the studio on time. That's not this group. That's like, it, yeah. this group. This group is so focused that if you come late to a session, they will all say, hey, you know, we're all here with our time here. Like, you got to be here with your time. And if, if you keep doing this, we can't work on sessions with you. It, it's mm. a whole different ball game in that club. But that's why this club is going to be the people who take over the industry in the next five, 10 years. I'm looking forward to it. Um, well, for, for all of our listeners, like anyone who just really wants to take their career to the next level and go all in, right? As you said, the network is important. You need to meet the right people. You need to be working yes. with your power rangers. So check out Billboard yes. 500 applications yes. on Google. 
Um, well, yeah. Adam, it's been amazing talking to you. I feel like we've only touched so. the surface. Know, I'd definitely love to have you. I'd definitely love to have you back on the show again. Um, cool, but yeah, uh, it was amazing chatting with you.